Hey everybody, welcome to today's Take Heart. Hope you're doing all right. I want to talk about a way that God introduces himself. When he's having a conversation with Moses at the burning bush, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, God says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And that name that God gives himself stretches all the way from that point with Moses at the burning bush right through to the New Testament, where Jesus himself, in Matthew chapter 22, talks about God as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And one question I would have is why does God associate himself with these three individuals? And what can we learn about the fact that he does? So there's a Chinese Christian who's around in the last century called Watchman Nee who's written a book called Changed Into His Likeness, and he asks this very question. Given that the God that we follow today, all these years later, is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, what can we discover about him by the way in which he associates himself with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Today, uh, the God of Abraham. The fact that God calls himself the God of Abraham, I think one of the things it communicates to us is that God has a plan. He is the originator of that plan. He's the initiator of it. He's the author of it. So the story of Abraham begins in Genesis chapter 12 when God comes and finds Abraham. Abraham is not looking for God. God seeks out Abraham. From what we know elsewhere in the scripture, before Abraham met God, he was worshipping idols. In contrast to Noah, who, was, who stood out as a righteous person among his contemporaries, Abraham doesn't seem to have anything that made him stand out from, from his next door neighbour. He was just another person living in the area. Um, but God chooses Abraham. He initiates. Then what happens is God says to Abraham, I've got a plan. You know, you, you've got to leave your country and your relatives and go to the place that I'm going to show you. So Abraham sets off to do that. And again, this is the, the sense of the story is very much Abraham never would have gone to what eventually becomes the land of Canaan if God hadn't initiated it, if God hadn't begun that process. Abraham didn't even know where he was going when he left. Only God knew. And then God also says to Abraham, I'm going to turn you into a great nation. You're going to have millions of descendants. But Abraham and Sarah, his wife, can't have a child. And so for that plan to happen, God again has to initiate. He's the author of life in that moment. And Isaac is the gift to Abraham and Sarah. God initiates. It's not that Abraham's actions were irrelevant. You know, God, um, God called Abraham and Abraham responded by trusting God. God commanded Abraham and Abraham responded by obeying. So it's not that Abraham's actions were irrelevant. They were important. But the point I'm trying to make anyway is that it was God's plan. It, in, it originated and was initiated and carried out ultimately by God. And my, uh, my approach to life so often as a follower of Jesus is um, that I've got to make it all happen. Do you find that? I can find myself thinking that basically if God's going to do anything in my life and through my life and in my lifetime, um, it's going to really ultimately depend on me trying very hard. It's going to come down to my abilities, my determination, how well behaved I can be. Um, and I have found over the years that that is an exhausting and an ineffective way to be a Christian. I've heard Mike say multiple times 
that he spent too many years of his life coming up with good ideas and asking God to bless them. And there came a moment where he realised a much better way to approach it was to instead find out what God was up to and try and bless that, try and join in with that. And there is a tension in the Bible in this because, um, you know, we're told that we're to ask and to seek and to knock. Um, we're given gifts that we're to use responsibly and we're to, you know, take hold of God's promises and there's a pressing in. Um, but I think for lots of us, probably that comes a little more naturally than the other end of the spectrum, which is also true, which is that we are to wait and we're to listen and we're to respond to what God is doing around us. Um, I'm not sure how good we are really as a church at doing that. And certainly when we look at the life of Jesus, one of the things that's so striking about it is the way that God the Son seeks to follow the lead of God the Father. Uh, and we get all sorts of little glimpses into where this is going on. So one would be when Jesus is a child and he runs off to the temple and his parents, you know, his mum finds him and says, and he says, where else would I be but my father's house? Straight away he's running off to the father. Um, I think in, in the way in which Jesus is very cautious about timing, you know, he'll say, my hour has not yet come, my time has not yet come, for you any time is good, but that's not true of me. I think indicates to me that he's paying careful attention to the father's plan and to when the father thinks the right time is. Um, Jesus' Jesus's teaching is obviously utterly incredible. And he says in John's Gospel, I only speak the words my Father gives me to speak. So all of Jesus' teaching comes from the Father and the words the Father gives him. When Jesus is making key decisions, it seems to me that he, 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 he sneaks off to pray regularly. So like the best example I could come up with is when he chooses the 12 disciples. And before that, we're told that he spends a whole night in prayer. And again, what that suggests to us strongly is that he was praying about who the disciples should be. He was there with the Father, listening to the Father's leading on that, and then off the back of that, making the choices that he made. Um, you see kind of this come to its summation, its climax, in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus um, is wrestling in prayer, and he says to his Father, not my will, but yours be done. He submits his will to the will of the Father. So the, God the Son is always listening to what the Father is saying and seeking to obey that. In John chapter 5, Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda where there's a whole crowd of sick people who gather in order to get into the water and fight, hoping to find healing. And Jesus picks one of these people out of the crowd and ends up healing that particular individual. And a little bit later in the story, uh, he's having a discussion and he says, John chapter 5 verse 19, Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. That was Jesus's approach. And so surely that should be ours too, right? And a question that I want to be asking myself more is, what is the father doing? And before we answer that with nothing at all, um, look at what Jesus says in verse 17. He says, my father is always at his work to this very day. So he's, the father's always doing something 
So what is the Father doing? How might our days look different if instead of waking up with the heart attitude of, I've got to make it happen today, we instead woke up with the attitude, Father, what are you up to today? What, are you, what, what is your plan for the day? How can I join in with that plan? There's a good friend of mine who I know starts his day very early uh, with a coffee. And also what he does is he sits down to pray with his diary. And he puts his diary before God and he says, God, is there anything you want to add into this day that I haven't already put in there? He'll also say, God, is there anything you want to rearrange in this day? Because you see things that I don't see right now. And I just think, isn't that a brilliant way to approach a day? Just to allow God to initiate, to allow God to suggest things to us that we never would come up with off our own back for reasons that we would never understand anyway. Um, our God is the God of Abraham. He has chosen us just like he chose Abraham. And now, for us, it's helpful to remember God has a plan, just like he had a plan with Abraham. So let's ask each day, God, what is your plan today? How can I join in with that?